and welcome to Get Set to Thrive podcast with your hosts, Shreyas Kaushik and me, Michelle Gunn. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get Set to Thrive. We have Kathleen, a mediation and conflict resolution coach specializing in elder mediation. Kathleen, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you very much. It's great to actually see you guys in person. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So Kathleen, go ahead and please introduce yourself to our listeners. So as Sharia said, my name is Kathleen Kauf. I'm a mediator and conflict coach. Um, I'm in Omaha, Nebraska, so kind of smack dab in the middle of the country. Uh, And I work with organizations um, to help untangle conflicts that are slowing them down and costing them money. I also work with individuals doing conflict coaching to figure out what specific issues they have either too much conflict, not being able to face conflict, how to deal with conflict themselves, to give them the strength and skills and strategies that they need to address those things um, appropriately. And then I have a a very small niche market that I do um, elder care mediation. And elder care mediation is working with older adults and their families as they have to make some very difficult choices about end of life issues. Uh, Families tend to turn into their worst 12 year old selves when adult children Uh, get together and try to figure out what's best for mom and dad. So helping those families untangle some dysfunction that has been there for a very long time and not address. Um, You can't solve everything, but you can help them provide a strategy so that they can make the right decisions for their parents um, and keep their relationship intact and able to grow. So when you said about niche market, um, which is elder care mediation, I think that is not... uh, well-known, at least uh, it's news to me. So I'm curious to know how you got interested in mediation generally, and in particular about uh, elder care mediation. So I've been uh, a consultant for over 20 years and working with businesses doing a variety of project management, strategic planning, um, a lot of different um, aspects of, of consulting and working with businesses and virtually everything that I came in to help with resolved around, there was a conflict somewhere. So somewhere something had broken down, they weren't talking to each other, there was actual animosity. And so I found myself actually untangling all those conflicts. So in 2015, I decided, well, I should probably know a little bit more about this. Um, So I got certified as a mediator. Um, My husband runs retirement communities. So I have always been involved and aware of the, the elder care community and as I started looking at it with mediation, and quite a few of his, his coworkers and he were saying, you know, gosh, we need that at our, our place. So I looked into it and there's actually a field called elder care mediation. I had to go to Philadelphia to get training for it um, because it's not well known. It's a difficult thing to market because especially with the older generation, not talking about problems is kind of their thing. They don't want to bring in outsiders. They don't want to talk about it. Um, So I do a lot of education with um, senior facilities, senior groups uh, to to explain what it is and how it can help and how it doesn't need to be intrusive, but it needs to help you untangle issues. And when I talk to the older adults, um, I ask them how things are going to be when they're gone. Because a lot of times what you find is that that parent is the linchpin holding those kids together. So all communication runs through that parent. All, you know, the, the anniversaries of birthdays or Christmases is because that parent is still, you know, holding it together. And the children don't always have the best relationship amongst themselves. So once that parent is gone, if there is not a structure 
for communication. And if there's not some sort of a relationship that's positive and they pass away, the chances of the kids building on their relationship and remaining friends or close as adults is very, very slim. So when I talk with older people, I'm like, you know what, what, what do you want for your kids? What do you want when you're gone? What do you want them to have? And you only have your siblings who understand your family dynamics. You can try to explain it to somebody else, but only the siblings who were there get it. When your mom says, I'm going to come down on you like a ton of bricks, it means you run and get, get out of the way. So you know, there, there are certain things that your family is the only one that experiences. And losing that is just a tragedy. Um, so that's, it's, it's been very interesting talking uh, to people about it. I actually went and got uh, gerontology graduate certifications and dementia certifications to make sure that I understand, you know, my husband works in it. He's got all the education. I'm like, I need to understand it a little bit better. So I'm certified in quite a bit uh, with the elder care. So now, again, it's, it's a niche market. So most of what I do is explain it. Um, funny story. I went to an AARP meeting to give a talk on what mediation is. Half of them showed up in yoga clothes and carrying yoga mats, and these are all like 70-year-olds, and I asked them, okay, how many people read the flyer and thought it said meditation? <laughs> Half of them were like, me. So, so we talked a little bit about how meditation can be helpful when you need to mediate, but this is about conflict. So it was, it was an interesting transition. That's a great story, and I think the points that you hit on um, about the elder person actually holding the family together and keeping the relationships between the siblings together, I think so many people can relate to that. Um, especially nowadays where families aren't as close-knit and everybody is so busy with their own lives. It's such an issue. But for a lot of people, even though mediation is, like you said, a strange topic for a lot of people, or foreign, so it's not as common every day, where meditation is a little bit more common. But now we're talking about organizational mediation and mm -hmm. elder care mediation. Can you explain what the difference would be between the two in a situation? Absolutely. So organizational mediation is um, companies often have teams that are working together that become dysfunctional where they're not talking or they have people who are, um, you've all seen the movie Mean Girls, right? Yes. <laughs> when workplaces turn into mean girls, and I'll say this to groups, I'll go, especially in hospital settings and, and healthcare settings, I'll go in and there are people who are sitting like this in the meeting and they're all, they're all like, we are not going to learn anything from this. We are not, you know, we're just not going to get anything out of this conversation. As soon as I say the movie Mean Girls, like, oh, that's not us. I'm like, let's think about it. And then it slowly dawns on them. So for those of you who don't know, Mean Girls is a movie basically about how high schooler girls can be extraordinarily backstabbing and catty and, and do things very subtly and passively aggressive um, to cause problems and torment for other people. And very often that's what I have to lead with is, okay guys, this is, you're acting a little middle school. Let's, one of the things people have, have um, been afraid to do is direct communication. They're so afraid of, of you know, not being politically correct or saying something that might offend someone. So, and this, and I, I've worked with CEOs who, who have this problem where they're so concerned with what it's going to seem like they're saying or that they will appear to be mean that they don't want to say directly what the issue is. So they wrap it up in fluff 
and soft words and they soften everything down. And so what someone hears is not what needs to be said. Um, and so, so when I work with people, it's okay, you can be direct. You need to know what your message is. You need to understand why you're saying that message. And there are ways to say things. You don't have to um, be mean about it, but you have to provide accurate feedback to someone or you will not change the results. And a lot of times I, I get, you know, again, especially when I work with the upper uh, level executives, they're very, very concerned that, oh, but if I do that, everything's going to go bad. I'm like, okay. So when you have a toxic employee in the workplace, if you constantly protect and coddle that employee, everybody else who's a good employee is taking notes. And you're going to lose all of those other good employees because you're so afraid of upsetting this one toxic one. You give them too much power. So I, what I have to do when I work with organizations is talk about what is your business? What are you trying to accomplish? Because you have to get the work done. The work has to be accomplished for the business to survive because otherwise nobody has a job. So there are real specific reasons for why you have to provide direct feedback to people so that they can understand it and act on it. And so I spend a lot of time kind of helping untangle that. Um, and I use untangle a lot. I, I really view all the conflicts as a big old tangled mess of, of different colored yarns um, because everybody gets in there, everybody gets tied up. But once you start pulling it apart, you can see better what it looks like. You can get people to kind of straighten out and figure out how they move forward and how they can move forward successfully. Absolutely. So the differences are probably not so clear when you actually listen to it, but as you go deeper, I think the differences really become very clear and okay mediation is actually something that uh, probably more people should be really open to considering and the, the differences really come down to um, situation. You know, the, the skills and techniques and the strategies are the same. And you're overlaying that on different situations. So how do you act in a business sense? How do you act in your family sense? You can use those same, same strategies for how do I speak to somebody in a direct manner and get my point across? How do I um, listen to someone more effectively? How do I build a relationship with them um, even though there's conflict, how do we build a relationship and move the process forward? So all of these things are, they're the same strategies. It's just the situations are different. And it's much more personal when you're dealing with the elder care. You have a lot more emotions. Um, again, uh, as your parents age, your mortality becomes your next thought. Um, the loss of everything that kept you safe as a child, or sometimes, you know, the, the loss of well, if your parents weren't that great and you haven't made amends yet, their loss is going to still cause you grief. So a lot of times anger is actually masking grief. And that's what I, I want, especially when I work with my elder uh, clients, I, you know, they're angry, they're furious and like, okay, the fact is that you're not dealing with grief. I'm like, I'm not sad. And like, okay, let's, let's keep talking about that because um, it is much easier to deal with anger. It's a much easier emotion. It gives you that high, it gives you that, that powerful sense where grief is very internal and grief is very, you don't have control. You're just sad and you have to let go. So there, there's a lot of uh, discussion that goes to get people to understand what it is they're actually dealing with. And as I run into people, there, there are some people who I work with who I recommend that they seek counseling, grief therapy. 
um, because there are some issues that are so deep. This is, you know, mediation and conflict coaching. It's very surface and it's very about identifying things and giving you strategies and structures. But there are some issues that when, when we tap into them, I say, no, you need, you need to work with a counselor on this. Right. So uh, after listening to you about mediation, I'm very much curious to understand what is conflict coaching? How would you describe it? Conflict coaching is more one-on-one. -on -one. So when I, do, when I do mediation with an organization, it's usually a group dynamic where, again, a team has gotten dysfunctional. They're not working. Things are, are going to heck in a handbasket. Um, conflict coaching is usually after that. I'll work with people one-on-one -on -one because there's a reason things went to heck in a handbasket. It's usually because people don't understand how to handle conflict. They either completely avoid it. They get super aggressive. They, I mean, there are a lot of different things that they do. Some people just accommodate like, yeah, it doesn't bother me that much. But it kind of really does. And once you've accommodated for so long, you really don't have a stand to be able to push back when you really want to. So there's a lot of reasons why people do not deal with conflict well. So I work with them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I do what I call immersive coaching, which is I will go, you know, if I'm in the same location as people, I will go and sit with them at their job and watch. Because what somebody tells me about what's going on is, you know, it's very much from their perspective. And so I'll go and I'll say, especially with conflict issues, how did that interaction go? What was the tone? What, what, what's their part in it too? Because conflict is a two-way street. There's always two or more um, sides to the story. And so, you, you know, as a, as a coach, you guys know when somebody comes in and says, you know, here's what's going on and it's all this other person's fault or, you know, I'm, I'm the blameless, you know, you need to help me figure this out. You got to dig a little deeper. So I like to do the immersive coaching now with COVID. That's been more difficult, but it's also opened up in Zoom. It's been amazing. And so working with people one-on-one -on -one, um, to get a better feel for how they do things um, is important. That's great. I think you gave a great explanation how you would work with someone who needs conflict coaching and it's deepened our understanding of what that would be and what that might look like. So explain to us why businesses may need conflict coaching or mediation and who are normal clients for you? What would they look like? What would the situations be? Normal clients, um, small to mid-sized businesses. I've done some large businesses, just the teams. I usually work from the top down because these are skills and strategies that they're great and they work, but if it's not supported from the top up, mm -hmm. if you have somebody down low saying, okay, let's sit down and talk and somebody up high is the, the issue in the conflict, yeah. well, it doesn't work out so well. So I, I try to get as high up as I can um, to get people to understand that especially leaders need to set the tone. Leaders set the tone for everything in their organization, whether they think they do or not. So getting them to demonstrate by their actions how to talk appropriately, how to address problems quickly, how to um, provide strategies and structures for people to dissent. Dissent is a good thing, especially in a business. You have to, you can't have yes men. You can't have people disagreeing with whatever because they're afraid of conflict. You need to have dissent, but it needs to be rational, well thought out dissent that is accepted by other people. Doesn't mean you have to, like, if you dissent, you're gonna get your way. It means there's going to be a discussion. And then I work with, with the groups to understand um, at what point is the discussion over 
and the decision is being made. And that's when I really work with the CEOs and say, okay, it's your company. <laughs> You're the boss. And so what you need to do is as you analyze this information, as you give people their voice, and as you ask and you need to stick with it and you can explain why and you can tell them okay here's the way we're going there will always be someone who's not happy because why because we're that's just the way it goes but when you build in your organization an ability for people to truly heard and if their idea is right then take is that show your um but when you build that into the organization that there is discussion there is um room for dissent but that at a certain point in time, you make a decision and you move. And the CEO accepts the responsibilities for that. And then when you're the decision maker, you make that decision and you stick with it. When you demonstrate that, it, it takes time to grow that, especially if the relationship has been damaged or if it's been a toxic work environment. But as that grows and develops, people will become more and more able to do it. I think that's a lot of great uh, information. A lot of people think conflict is just a nasty word. And conflict represents something that's so horrible, but we don't always understand that there's a healthy conflict. Like you said, disagreement is not a bad thing as long as there's discussion and proper decisions made. So I, I really love the way that you explain that. Is there um, maybe an ideal time that a company should be aware of if they're struggling that they would want to bring in a conflict coach or mediator? As soon as possible. As soon as possible. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's just, and I'll do a team facilitation where if you know there's going to be something that's contentious, yes. it, the, the beauty of a mediator is I walk into companies and like, I have no stake in the game. I am completely objective and independent. I'm getting paid no matter what. And I've literally said this to people, you know, to, to the teams are like, <laughs> I'm going to get paid no matter what. We have four hours to talk. You can either talk and get some things out and start figuring things out because you don't look happy. You look miserable. Or we can just sit here quietly and, you know, I, I've given people crayons and things to color with. I, I do a lot of different things to kind of break people out of that very rigid uh, way of thinking. And that's what mediation is. It is that twisting, that reframing of things just enough so people look at things slightly differently. And once you look at something slightly differently, you're open to the fact that maybe you were locked in on something that wasn't 100% accurate. And you're, you're able to start stretching your boundaries a little bit. So when I, when I come in, um, a team facilitation is great because if there's something difficult to be discussed, I can be there to help moderate it and to, to help bring it and identify those conflicts early. Uh, most people don't. Most most times this, this gets swept under the rug. Um, it gets dealt with um, in HR sometimes. It gets not dealt with at all. Um, so the sooner you notice conflict issues, and even just saying to people, hey, would you like to talk to somebody about how to deal with conflict better because they notice you're struggling? Um, and offering that. Conflict is not a bad word. And that's, you're exactly right, Michelle, when you said, like, yes, I've written articles about that. Conflict is not a bad word. It's not a bad thing. There is conflict literally every decision you make and every interaction because we are humans. And when we interact with other people, you know, there are teeny friction points. And sometimes those friction points are bigger. And so, how do you understand how to address friction points successfully? And again, avoiding them 
makes them grow. And this is what people right. don't understand. You <laughs> avoid something, it makes the problem bigger. And when I talk, especially when I talk with high schoolers um, and middle schoolers, I, I will discuss, you know, what is a volcano? The volcano is stuffing all that stuff down. It, it's, it's holding it under extraordinary pressure. And there's a, then there's an event. And that event allows the pressure to be released, but it destroys everything in its path. I mean, it's just, and that's what people tend to do with conflict mm-hmm. is they, they tend to stuff it and stuff it and stuff it until there's a trigger because then they're not responsible for the destruction. It allows them to set aside their responsibility. And that's not a good thing. If you have something to say, you need to understand how to say it before you blow up because destruction is so hard to repair and especially like with families when you have the siblings who you know don't say anything don't say anything and then they blow up well they're gonna bring up everything from when you were like five and you took my doll and mom liked you best and whatever it is they will drag it up because they can't stop the explosion once it starts so managing that letting things out in little bits and and figuring out how to relieve that pressure is really really important well it's certainly been insightful to listen to you talk about mediation and conflict and to know something new about elder care mediation as well, which was news to me and it's been a delight and certainly insightful. So if you're listening to this, please do take time to listen in once again and understand about what are the differences between organization and elder care mediation and also about conflict coaching. So any final thoughts, Kathleen, and um, might one reach out to you if they need any help with respect to mediation and conflict resolution? Um, final thoughts. Um, conflict is not bad. Conflict needs to be addressed. It's, it is part of the human existence, and you have to practice it. And I've written an article about why you practice dealing with conflict, because it's a muscle. Understanding how to use these skills and strategies is a muscle. And you just keep working at it until you get better at it. And then you continue to practice it because you, you atrophy if you don't deal with these strategies. Um, I write extensively once a week. I'll have a new article on my blog. I'm putting all of my essays together into a book format so that I can you know, just give that to people so they don't have to search for what they're, they're looking for on my blog. But I have a lot of different articles about different aspects, um, ways to do conflict better. Um, and my, I don't know if you are able to put it up on your, your site, but my website is ktbeckenterprisesllc.com. And so, and you can always find me on LinkedIn. And I'm always open to asking, you know, talking with people and, and answering questions about it. Because I love this stuff. This, this, this makes me happy. I love helping people figure this stuff out because I've gotten some of the most beautiful um, comments and thank yous from people who are like, you know, I, I now talk with my siblings. Mom's gone, but we're still talking. And that's because of what we did in mediation. So it's, it is a joy for me to be able to help people do this. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you with us. And thank you for enlightening us and our listeners about conflicts and mediation. So this episode is full of value, please do listen and share your feedback. Until then, we will meet you with a new guest in a week's time. Please take care and stay safe. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure, Kathleen. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And remember to get set to thrive.